Welcome to episode 36 of the Cake Watch podcast, the podcast which does not put troops on the street, nor does it buy all available fridges. Uh, my name is Chris Kendall, I am an EU official, but just <laughs> not, it's not relevant, I'm here in a strictly personal capacity, and with me, not exactly with it- me... Well, I'm not, no, I'm not with you, actually. I'm in a in different country to you this time, Chris, but it's, uh, I'm Steve Bullock. I'm an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU, and I'm in, uh, actually, at my mum's in the Leave heartland of Blythe, um, in my mum's little study. Is that your, <laughs> is that, that's not your old bedroom, is it? It's not, no. Oh. No, it's not, no. I can no, see. That would be a bit, that would be a bit weird, would to be, be honest. Weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm actually very weirdly in the study of a minister, but Department of God, uh, a religious minister. My mum is a, a retired minister. Is she? She is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in a I'm in a very, uh, very Christian room. Here. You're a dark horse. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog collar and everything. CV. Yeah. No, uh, United Reformed. Ah. Yeah. How interesting. So uh, no hell or damnation or anything. So, oh nice. yeah. Okay. Well, my 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 dad was a lay preacher, more on the hell and damnation side of things. Well, you know, there's more fun in that, isn't there? Really? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about <laughs> fun. I'm not sure I would. Ah, well, anyway, let's not get sidetracked by religion because so all hell so has broken of, loose. It has. Yes. So speaking of damnation, yes. do we have any follow up from last week? Um, Errors, omissions, corrections. But there was there was one bit of follow up. Um, which is that I don't think we made the point sufficiently emphatically that the ruling of the court last week um, about um, the revocability of Article 50 um, has been widely misunderstood. Um, God, it has. And it and really it was, annoys me. It's a very simple ruling as well. It's a very simple ruling, and yet you're all over the place you're getting people, and it's generally, I'm sorry to say, Remainers, popping up yes, and saying, um, oh, well, this is fantastic. Now we can just extend Article 50 and no worries. And you're like, no. or, we can pa- or we can pause it. Or we can pause That's it. That's the other one, pause it. it. Hold a referendum and then come back and trigger it again. So all yeah. sorts of formulae that they come up with. And you're like, no, you can't. It's very clear. The court's ruling was very clear, which is that if you revoke, it has to be um, unconditional... The- and unequivocal. And the end of the process. It has to be, and the yes. end of the process. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if there's any there's, doubt there's, over that... Sorry, Steve, go on. No, well, there's actually a very good, um, very good piece on the legality of re-invoking Article 50. Or as it... Well, it wouldn't be re-invoking, it would be invoking Article 50. Mm. But doing it again. Yeah. Um, after revoking it. Yeah. Uh, there's a very good piece uh, that Steve Peer's linked to uh, which is on the EU analysis, EU law analysis uh, blog that he that he runs, um, and it's not clear what would happen if you revoked it and then tried to re-invoke it. I mean, I have my suspicion that uh, essentially <laughs> they may. Uh, I mean, because there's lots of questions about how you would then uh, backdate 
mm. you know, the make the revocation, uh, uh, not accept the revocation, but in a backdated way, and when the UK would effectively leave and all that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, I mean, my thoughts is that they, they simply, you know, either wouldn't accept the uh, the reinvoking, or they would just put the existing deal on the table and say, "Tell us when you want to." Yeah, I, I think politically, <laughs> tell us when you want that, to agree. What would you know, I mean, that would be an end to everything. So. Yeah, yeah, I think politically that's what would happen. But I think in the real world, um, we know what would happen. Um, it would be perfectly obvious from the revocation whether or not it was intended as the end of the process. Yeah, so if you've got absolutely. if you've got the UK government uh, saying, "Listen, public, we're going to revoke, and then we'll come when then we'll have a, a consultation, and we'll come back with a firmer idea, and then we'll invoke again." If they were to try that, um, then it wouldn't stand up in court. And mem- no, if, if there were any member state in the in the EU that was unhappy with the revocation, they would simply take it to the court, and it would be struck down. So Whereas that, if, for example, over a referendum and the government said or put into law that it would revoke after a uh, Remain vote in a referendum and it did so, um, that would be taken as uh, that would be taken as sincere. And the the issue here is obviously the unilateral the unilateral nature of this revocation. Of course, there's nothing stopping um, the UK revoking temporarily if the other twenty seven agree. But you'd have to get the other twenty-seven to agree. Yes, indeed, which they won't. It, it's the, not. Yeah, they've yeah, had they enough won't. of this, which we'll so, come to. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, and that's another issue I have with an awful lot of the coverage that you see at the moment on all sides. I and mean, Chuck Romano was at it. Was at it this morning. Yeah, saying, Andrew Adonis um, was yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, saying, "Oh, um, you know, we'll have to. Um, there, no, there's there's no way we can carry on. The UK will have the UK government will have to extend the Article Fifty deadline." I'm like, Chucker, it's not up to the UK government to extend the Article Fifty deadline. Well, it's up to them to it's up to them to request yeah, it. It's up to you to ask. It's not up to yeah, you to extend absolutely. it. It's up to somebody else to extend it. So you know. <laughs> but this, I mean, I think this is a theme that's going to run through today's podcast of yeah, uh, of, a, of a certain exceptionalism on all sides yes. here. Yeah, on all so. bloody sides. But yeah, so it's very clear the the existing uh, uh, situation stands as uh, applied to uh, uh, an extension which is that uh, you need the agreement of the EU27, unanimous agreement. Revoking Article 50 would have to be a genuine revocation, and it is unilateral. One question is actually whether it could be by agreement now, uh, which somebody asked, and I'm not sure about, uh, because the, the court ruling is that it is unilateral, not that it could be. So uh, that's an interesting question Of oh, well, course. <laughs> yeah, but politically, again, I can't imagine that that's... Well, you could do. You could. You could uh, sequence it. I mean, you could. You could sequence it and arrange it with yeah. the U twenty seven that it was effectively. If, by if the twenty, if the twenty eight, including the UK, were all to agree that they wanted to revoke or, or extend, I can't imagine that you're going to run into legal difficulties that would yeah. stop that. No, um, however, what the UK has to realise is that it. Its power to revoke unilaterally, which is extremely important, only works if it is genuinely the end of the process. Yeah. I have to say as well, it's, um, I mean, it came up in the case, and it was part of the commission's, uh, commission's case, actually, that allowing unilateral revocation would invite specious yeah. invocations and oh, exactly of the co- Exactly to, of the sort that to, is currently being proposed. 
Well, yeah, but to get um, to get concessions yeah. and this, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the cost and damage, mm. the Brexit of the the invo- I mean, not Brexit, the in invoking of Article yeah. Fifty has done. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there'll be many countries running around going, <clears throat> oh, we can get some concessions on regional funds <laughs> if we mm. invoke if we threaten to invoke Article Fifty. Um, I think this is a salutary. <laughs> salutary tale to uh, to other member states rather than an invitation for them to do the same. Well, you so, say that, so. but frankly, until today, in the two billion uh, that, that was announced, um, the costs have been mostly on the EU side, haven't they? Well, no, but I mean, the cost of the economy has been... No, well, yeah, OK, yeah. ...been <laughs> huge, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is that. Uh, <laughs> not, in, but not, in, not in government budget terms, yeah. although that's already been pretty high, yeah. so... Uh, but yeah, four and a half million yeah. or whatever it is for uh, for for for, for fridges and yeah. uh, traffic cones, I think. So yeah. Okay, so what we're gonna do? What we're gonna do today then, Chris? Well, I think we should talk. I think what we should do um, is talk a little bit about what happened at the European Council. Um, yes. And when when and um, Theresa's European tour, where she uh, dashed around Europe asking um, for um, uh, effectively a renegotiation of the backstop. Uh, legal assurances on the backstop she she was seeking um, and what happened then at the European Council where the European Council had been drafting there had been a draft that went to the European Council that gave her various forms of words which were quite generous and, 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 and where but not, an, but not legally binding in any but sense but not legally and binding they were never going to be legally binding and, and, and what was to me pretty unprecedented was how the Council itself significantly toughened its language after hearing <laughs> Theresa May intervene. So I think what we should talk about, I mean, there's been all sorts of um, commentary from, from, from UK commentators, but I think what we should talk about is a little bit about how, how, that, how that worked, what, why, why it went that way, what, what that means, what, what the atmosphere was in the council, what the atmosphere is in Brussels and the EU27. Well, yeah, I think the first thing is that, the, to, be, to be slightly fair, there'd already been a rolling back from the first draft you know, during the week leading during the week leading up to it, um, but the sort of key paragraph of reassurance was still there. It had been weakened a little bit, but it was still there. But in the in the the actual conclusions, the the paragraph with the new reassurance in was just removed. I mean, <laughs> completely removed. Yeah. Um, and the I mean the idea, we should say something about summits first. The idea of a summit generally is. That pretty much everything's done beforehand, yeah. And you go there, and the leaders uh, discuss general strategy and overall direction, and they sign off on the stuff that their officials and their ministers have already have already agreed to at different you know different levels of of negotiation and and decision making. And then occasionally, you have you know very occasionally you have big summits where there's actually a negotiation. The key one normally being the MFF. I mean financial yeah. stuff. There tends to be yeah. uh, a proper bun fight, and those are the ones where you know they go through the night and and, and all that kind of the famous <coughs> ones. You need three shirts to yeah. three clean shirts to get through, um, but those are few and far between. I mean, those are the ones that are in the news, but those are few and far between. I mean, the the general rule is that it should all be fixed yeah. by Sherpas, ambassadors, and ministers. Well, especially for the European Council, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so 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 then to go and. And even for ones that it isn't, the idea of the intervention 
the strategy is to get a little bit more than was willing to be offered. You know, you know what's going to be offered, and you want to get more than that. Yeah. Which is why you're having negotiation, otherwise you just say yes to it. Yeah, and as you say, what May's done is instead of getting more than was offered, she's got less yeah. as a direct result of her intervention. Yeah, and, 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 and apparently the logic went, she's asking for something that would be that she would be able to sell back home as saying, look, here, look, there's um, a legal, cast iron legal assurance that the backstop will be time limited or something, which obviously it can't be because it makes it nonsense. Then it wouldn't be a backstop. It's a nonsensical thing to ask for. And we should say, I mean, just to to be clear on the backstop, the idea of the backstop, very simply, is that if there is no other agreement, you know, if there's no agreement on the future relationship, at the end of the transition period, uh, there will still not be a hard border yeah. in Northern Ireland. Yeah. That's the idea. That, so this is the, yeah. this is the yeah. uh, this is the insu- this is the insurance policy against negotiations failing or taking longer yeah. than uh, I was going to say than expected. Actually, everybody expects them to take a lot longer yeah. than that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, to be even before we get to the summit, I have to say, everybody being suddenly surprised about this when it was the principle of what was agreed already when in the summer hmm. well, it was um, december wasn't it last year december last year the the principle of this had already hmm. been had hmm. already been agreed and then there'd been wide discussion of the eu of the uk wide customs area which is what this was going to be so the idea that there was some kind of surprise in this well, this is what um, I was. I think say. I think it was a little bit false. Exactly. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll come on to the 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 reaction. Well, the reaction from others later. But I I found it particularly pernicious. Not not that I'm arguing in favour of the deal. I have to say, which I think is a bad deal. But it has to have a backstop in, and it has to look either like the EU proposal or like this, which was the <laughs> which was the UK proposal. Remember, this UK wide customs area was a proposal by the UK government it was an ask which if you remember initially the EU uh, pushed back on and said they wouldn't be able to do in time and it wasn't it wasn't possible they didn't mind in principle Mm -hmm. but it wasn't possible to do in time and then they managed to do it in time Uh, so this is a UK proposal so nobody should be surprised by this and I have to say that I think Corbyn there's a lot to attack in the deal but Corbyn has attacked the backstop Which I think is a uh, is a very poor bit of strategy because well, it's not just uh, poor because there's going to have to be a because, uh, it's, it is immoral actually because yes. it, how can you be pretend to be uh, supportive of the Good Friday Agreement uh, and then at the same time attack the backstop? It's 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 immoral. So look, um, the, the, it's important so back to the summit. For the Sorry, understa- it's important for the understanding of what happened at the summit to remember that the backstop was agreed to by the UK. A year ago, discussed at great length in the UK, discussed at Chequers, agreed to again by the cabinet at Chequers. Yeah. All of this being carefully watched and noted by the EU, the EU 27, reported on by their diplomats back in their telegrams back home. Then you get people like Boris Johnson saying, um, well, I didn't understand what the backstop meant when it was agreed. And when I agreed to it in cabinet, I hadn't fully understood what it meant. That, that's an obvious lie. That's an yes. obvious lie, and will immediately have been seen as a lie. So when you when when Theresa May is going into the summit in, into the into the council last week, saying to the assembled heads of government, colleagues, 
um, I need this because otherwise my uh, party won't vote for it. They're all sitting they there knowing that the already, party already that these knew. people yeah. have lied about it. That that she they send they then say to her, well, look, you know, here, look, there's a text that we've already pre-negotiated. Here it is. Which she which she said she could sell. Yeah. Which look she at said this text. Approval for. No, yeah. not not just the withdrawal agreement, but I'm talking about the text of the of the, of the council conclusions. Yes. Yeah. Here are these council conclusions. Here are these couple of paragraphs that give you what you want. They're very clear about what the backstop is, and they they go as far as we can, but obviously they're not legal. They yeah. So what 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 is it that you want? <laughs> and she was this is apparently she was directly asked by uh, Angela Merkel, "What is it that you want?" And she couldn't reply. She couldn't. Apparently, Merkel, Merkel, Merkel kept apparently yeah. more than once interrupted yeah. her to ask ask that. So which this is sounds quite, quite 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 astonishing. And so she she could not answer. Um, and that then pushed um, those who had been more on the kind of, look, let's give them what they want side, so people like Merkel and so on, over back into the arms of those who had been slightly more reticent. So you, you had the Irish and you had a few others who were like, no, no, we need more than this. And, and, and that bolstered that, that's, that bolstered EU27 solidarity and led to them saying, well, you know what, there's no point in giving you any of this because you're not going to be able to sell it anyway. You're not going to sell it anyway. So, no, you know exactly. what, you, what you need is a wake-up call. You need you need to wake up and smell the coffee, and so we're going to give you the coffee. You can take it back and let them sniff it. But what they'd also heard in advance is they'd heard the reporting that she'd said to the 1922 committee in the ERG there yeah. that she would get legally yeah. legally binding... Uh, assurances. Yeah, that's one of my now, lies of the week, actually. May <coughs> told the 1922 committee that there is a legally binding solution coming to the backstop. Now, <laughs> apparently, report, it's reported that she met Tusk, when she met Tusk on the Tuesday of last week, he said there was no chance of this and it wasn't going to happen. And she should forget it. And then, so she's she's had that meeting, yeah. been told to forget it, gone home to London and said she was going to get it. Yeah. So if you ever feel sympathy for May, don't 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 no, no, don't she, feel she, sympathy. She, don't don't feel sympathy. She she's found herself. She's one of these people who 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 is running around saying what each different party thinks. Uh, she thinks yeah. each different party wants to hear, uh, and it, 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 getting herself trapped in that classic web of of, of, of deceit. Of uh, deceit, the, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And um, the, the I heard as well. I think it was reported by uh, by Sky. They reported on a couple of ideas that were floated around the room. Now I don't know if they came from May or from or from UK officials. They certainly didn't come from EU officials. But there were talk about there was talk about. Uh, I mean, it's so laughable. It's so laughable that we even have to talk about them. They're so stupid. And one was a guarantee that the future relationship would be agreed by a certain date. <laughs> so, so what this would. Be, so what this would be would be the EU now, E twenty seven now, agreeing to a future agreement <laughs> that is yet to be negotiated, and agreeing to agree it on a, on or by a certain date, no matter what it says, whatever the hell it says, wherever they've got to, the negotiators stand up, hand over the papers to the leaders, and say that's what we've got, and you're legally bound to agree to it. I mean, nobody in their right minds would do this. Well, nobody in their minds would even suggest it. It's, it's utterly... But that's the point. But that's the point. I mean, this—it's utterly insulting. Yes. That's if she the did point. make, it's if she did make those suggestions, it's insulting. Not just, 
insulting because these are leaders of yeah. uh, sovereign sovereign countries, some of which are in the G7, and one of which has a UN Security Council seat, for fuck's sake. Um, it, it's also... It's, it's insulting to common intelligence. Yes. I mean, it is treating them like mugs. It is treating um, them and this like is, it is. And, and, I mean, you had the, by far the best take of all of it. I mean, threads and threads were written by me and... Lots of other, lots of other people and um, better commentators. I mean, Peter, Peter Foster wrote a stunning thread on this of how it happened. And, um, but you had by far the best take, which were, which I, I think I said, on I nicked it for an interview on Sky actually. Did you cheeky I did, yeah, no, I nicked it. <laughs> um, that uh, these are a group of powerful people uh, who are sick of being treated like idiots. Yeah. Um, yeah. I said mugs. Actually, taken for mugs, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I said, and this is really what it is. And I wonder whether, if, because you can get away with this shit at home, mm. because you can get away with t- telling the morons in the ERG mm. that stuff that patently could never happen is going to happen, that this is transfer. You know that mm. she assumes that she assumes that other EU leaders who are intelligent and understand the EU system and have worked out where their interests lie. Are going to do the same. Are going to accept the same bullshit. Well, here, here, here we here. Let's talk about that odd piece of film footage of the following morning, uh, where she basically collared Juncker, and the cameras caught it, and some and Channel Five um, put in some lip readers, and the lip readers. Well, go on. Well, before that, I mean, what that was about was about the press conference the night before. So, so yeah, exactly. I was getting there. So, so this yeah. is this is so Juncker had said, "Look, the, um, Prime Minister May's proposals or the discussion is nebulous." Or he used the word nebulous. He, he said he, we could do with some clarity because the because the debate is often nebulous. Yes, I'll check that quote. But I think that, I think yeah. that's very. In, much in any quote. case, it was very clear that he was talking about the debate, and and if we're going to be uncharitable he was talking about the british uh, proposal which is frankly not uncharitable because it's true <laughs> but yeah. he, he 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 was typically diplomatic as, as far as he can be about these things um well this was younger diplomacy not normal yeah, diplomacy yeah right but it, right. still he wasn't he wasn't saying this um he wasn't saying Teresa, you are nebulous even yeah you know, she was, yeah he wasn't mean, saying she's, and you know i'm sure he wanted to say that she's utterly impossible to work yeah. with and was taking the yeah. piss out of them but yeah. he didn't say that so then you get this bizarre scene the following morning where she effectively sort of collars him at the table yeah. and says did you call me nebulous did you call me nebulous you call me nebulous and he's like oh, and he says no and he, he says no and she says you did you did and she could and the look on her face was not the look of an alpha leader going in to defend her patch and it was i don't know if 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 if, if <laughs> she was intentionally doing this knowing that the cameras were there to try and look a certain no i don't think she i don't think i really don't think she was i'm not sure she was aware of the camera actually because the last thing that she looked was assertive she did not look assertive she did not look like an alpha leader to me she looked Totally out of the depth. She looked harried. She looked. She looked. Yeah, completely. Um, um, yeah, I, she, it, it, it it didn't it didn't look good. It didn't look it didn't didn't reflect well on her at all. And moreover, um, I mean, she she you know she got it wrong because the lip reader says that she said um, 
did you, you call you called me nebulous and did you call me nebulous and he says no I didn't and she says you did now if some if I was going to go and attack a fellow leader like that you know upbraid yeah, him like right. this well I would have I would have watched the footage yeah. and she obviously hasn't heard hasn't watched the footage or was looking for you mm. know or looking for a fight but that's what well well or maybe it's just looking for blame maybe she was maybe she was looking to go home and say look the nasty the nasty foreigners didn't give me it but then of course when she got back she didn't actually she didn't I mean she was actually pretty fair to in her descriptions of what of what happened she was relatively fair to the EU leaders I mean she said there was never that there was never going to be that there wasn't going to be a renegotiation and and so on but there was still room for further clarification mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean it was just it was it was this really summed up the amateur hour and you could see how bad it was from that press conference I mean Juncker mm-hmm. talked a bit about it at it mm-hmm. but Tusk didn't Tusk read out yeah. the five paragraphs of council conclusions and the parallel I can, I can have is in, in, in working groups, there's a kind of established uh, protocol that, because, you, you you know, if you're an official level uh, in council, you know, you're working with the same group on the same mm. subject, you know, once or twice a week you're meeting them and you're, yeah. and you're, in, and you're in contact with them constantly. So you work as a group. Yeah. And when somebody has a really stupid line <laughs> from their capital... That they have to read yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> um, that they're not happy with. And examples of this would be, for example, uh, Maltese delegates on uh, funding for reproductive rights would be would would be a good example of it. Actually, what they do, what you do is you hold up the bit of paper and you say, "I've been asked by my capital to read this out," and you mm. read it verbatim, because mm. what you're doing is you're making it clear to the rest of the room that you think it's a balmy idea, but you're contractually obliged yeah. to. To, to propose it and there was there was a hint of this about it I mean yeah. that he was it was barely contained anger at what had at mm. what had gone down and at the waste of time and at how at how the leaders have been treated and we saw this from other leaders as well other leaders were saying look this was your choice mm-hmm. you chose to do this no she, she that was very much the reaction from everyone else and no, she clearly look, really lost the room and you know we knew this already from Salzburg, but this what my immediate reaction on 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 hearing the news and hearing the reports coming out uh, was that oh my god this is this is this is even worse than Salzburg. This is oh I think it's much worse. I think it was much worse than Salzburg. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, you yeah. Really no, do. I think it was really really much worse than Salzburg. And I, I think it it drew to a. I mean, firstly, it's drawn to a close the negotiations, and we've seen since claims that negotiations are somehow ongoing coming from. May in fact in Parliament I think she said that. Yeah. Well, um, that was her excuse for for delaying the meaningful vote. Yeah, and, until the middle uh, of January. Commission, and Commission spokespeople have said that negotiations are not ongoing and there are no meetings scheduled. Yes. Emphatically, absolutely. Again, she's misunderstanding the system. Obviously, if Ollie Robbins phones Sabine Wayand, she's going to answer his call. She's not going to not take his call. Officials will still be in touch with each other. Um. They'll still be. They'll still be. But these are not negotiations. You know, no. that's the 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 key thing here. Um. So she's still she's still blacking it, and they'll. I mean, and it still... keeps on going. They'll see her saying negotiation. Well, they have yes. because the yes. spokespeople made a point of 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 saying that it wasn't true. So yes. again, they've seen her go home and be disingenuous. So exactly, she's be, she's been disingenuous to. They've watched her be disingenuous to a population yes. for. Uh, for a couple of years, promising things that can never be got, 
she's seen them be disingenuous to them by yeah. saying that they agree that she agrees to this deal and that it's the best that she recognizes that it's the best that it can get and that she'll do everything she can to get it through and that she'll be able to she'll be able to get it through parliament yeah. and then come back and said it's not good enough and so well you said it was good enough last month why the fuck did you agree to it yeah. um if you knew that last month why did you why have you wasted all of our time here yeah. um so i think this is this is an end to the yeah because the, the initial position before the summer was that the EU twenty seven were going to try and do everything they could to help May? Now they can't. They couldn't give legal assurances because it would be balmy and probably illegal to. But they were going to go out of their way to try and provide clarity and and reassurance that mm. it wasn't their objective to to have a permanent backstop and that they very much wanted an agreement on a future relationship and for that for the backstop never to happen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's not going to happen anymore. That helpfulness is no. gone. Completely, completely gone. And again, she, I mean, in, in, in her statement to the, in a statement to the Commons, she she misled almost instantly in that she said that the council conclusions had legal status. Yeah. She was trying to make out, she was trying to make out that they were legally binding. And you, you well, she said they were binding. Yeah. yeah. And council, European council conclusions are not legally binding. Laws are legally binding. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows that, and everyone in Brussels knows that. And again, the EU leaders will be watching it, going, "She's she, that. She, that's not true. That's simply not true. They're an expression of our intention." See, um, what 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 we're seeing is um, the the British um, in in denial about the change in their status, um, and you're at the same time yes. you're seeing the twenty seven. I think. We, we, we discussed it between us and we were discussing it in, in, um, in our WhatsApp chat and then I, I nicked your point and stuck it on uh, in a tweet, which was that um, you can see Tusk has moved on to the final stage of the grieving process. He's moved yes. beyond yeah. all anger and denial and he's now at cold, hard acceptance. That's, that's yeah. what it looks like. Um, and you, you still hear regularly from... Uh, Leavers who will uh, rather glibly and knowingly say, "Yes, yes, yes, yes," but we know what the EU's like. We know that these deals are always done at the eleventh hour, the eleventh. Oh, you know, oh we this know is managed no deal is. as well. This yeah, is managed no deal. Yeah. We'll come to that. And we keep saying to these guys, "Yeah, that that's 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 sometimes how it happens in the EU. You're not in the EU." It doesn't happen. It never happens. For the purpose of this negotiation, the UK is not a member state. It doesn't happen with outsiders. You don't get a negotiation with Canada or um, Korea or 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 Jordan or Morocco that goes until the eleventh hour and and is settled in a in in a smoke filled room in the in in the Justice Lipsis. That's not how that works. That's how the member states will come to a common position. That's that's how it happens. When you're inside the club, because the member states have to and want to come to a common position. Yeah, yeah. that's not how it's going to be with you. The negotiation has finished; it's yeah. done. That's it. So, and, and then we have to sort of talk a little bit about what that then means for uh, the debate back in the UK. Because in the UK, you're constantly having all. Well, what about if we did this, or what about if we did that, or how about a Norway plus plus plus, or what about if we went for a Canada? And let's give it all to. Let's give give all these ideas to Parliament, and they can have. Um, they what, what are they calling it? The the, the indicative voting on on all the various. It's not going to happen. It's this You've or nothing. You've got a deal. You've got a deal. Yeah. The negotiation has finished. 
But you know I have the you, you know I have the series on series on Twitter of uh, yeah, yeah number three thousand five hundred sixty-seven. Where in the series in the series shock as foreigner confer- UK government shock as foreigner confirms that what they previously said was true is true. You know, and this is it. it was like there's just this sort of inability to <laughs> inability to believe. That the other that the other side could actually be telling the truth, and this is a classic case yeah. of projecting your own moral values onto onto someone else, yeah. um, because the because it's all bullshit in the UK. I mean, every, it's all uh, an absolute tipper truck full of bullshit yeah. every single day from the government and from the front bench of the opposition and from the rest of the Tory party. It's just all bullshit. Mm. Everybody assumes it's all bullshit. Therefore, everybody assumes that what comes from EU27 is bullshit. Mm. Whereas, in fact, what comes from EU27 is a hard-headed, firm and definite position. And And there's just an inability. So there's still people saying she has to go and renegotiate it. I mean, what fucking planet are you on? And I have to say, I've I've held off a lot um, from uh, criticising and stoking the anti-Corbyn stuff. Um, because I, I have no desire to stoke general anti-Corbyn, anti-Corbyn feeling. Um, and yet, I mean, his position, I mean, he, <laughs> he tied himself up in absolute knots. He said, he began by saying it's clear that it can't be renegotiated and then said that May had to go back to Brussels and renegotiate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is absolute nonsense. We're, yeah. We've been taken over, we've been taken over by absolute bullshit merchants. Mm. This is just atrocious. Mm. The, the options are simply um, accept this deal, go over the cliff edge with no deal, um, or, uh, or, revoke. Uh, or don't Brexit. Yeah. yeah. Revoke or, ex- or attempt to extend and then revoke. Yeah. Those are the only possible options. Um, and I have to say that, you know, the, the, the people who I know, I know are attempting to be consensual and attempting to find consensus in the... Uh, in the Commons with uh, Norway and Norway Plus and, and, and so on. You know, I mean, you see that Nick Bowles started off with a completely implausible mm. Norway for Now proposal, took on, to his credit, took on mm. uh, a lot of criticism and advice from some pretty eminent eminent people and has come back with a, you know, more reasonable proposal and so on. But this isn't for the... <laughs> this isn't for the for the withdrawal agreement. Mm. Um, and they've said that they're not going to reopen any of it. They're not going to reopen the uh, the, the the political declaration either. And the view in the EU is that the that I hear anyway is that the 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 uh, political declaration, as well as not being binding, is so nebulous and imprecise that in fact you can negotiate to almost any future relationship based on it. Mm. I mean, if you take out the end, if you if a government goes and says, okay, the, the part where it says it's the government policy to end free movement, we're taking that away and we want single market membership or something that looks extremely like it, mm. then the EU could negotiate on that basis. So this is all for after the withdrawal agreement is agreed. Yeah. You can't negotiate that before. You can't negotiate that. You can't negotiate the, the future relationship before the EU, before the UK leaves. No. So there's no way out. You know, there's no way out of this with Norway Plus. Even if you come up with a, uh, even if you come up with an eventual objective, that wouldn't need a backstop like mm. EEA plus customs union, you still need a backstop because yeah. 
it's not clear that this will be negotiable. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I think to be honest, I think when the UK finds out what the conditions are for it being an EEA member and in the customs union permanently, um, I think, frankly, the political establishment will balk at them mm. uh, when they see the reality of it. Well, that's what, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's no guarantee. Let's not forget why no they left EFTA in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So there's no guarantee whatsoever that this mm. that even us even and they're not off the shelf. I mean, God, if you want a customs union with the EEA, you're going to have to do it as a new EEA pillar for a start. You're not going to be able to join EFTA and mm. and be in the EU customs union. They're incompatible. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, the, so none of these none of these are actually helping the issue of the withdrawal agreement. You have to agree to this withdrawal agreement, or you have to uh, go over the cliff edge. But ultimately, the or, you, or you have, or you have to not Brexit. The bottom line is that um, you know uh, you've got to, you've got a deal. The deal has been reached. It was reached with great difficulty on both sides. Here's the deal. It's done. It's not going to be renegotiated. It's done. Um, now the UK has to decide what it does. What's it going to do? Is it going to accept the deal? Is it going to reject the deal? Is it going to revoke Article Fifty? Um, now you can then dance around as you know for, for weeks with various ideas of how to interpret the political declaration and how to tweak it that's fine but you're still ticked off it doesn't get you're still moving further. towards march the 29th yeah and the 29th of march is when you leave and so you better have a withdrawal agreement in place because if you don't you're screwed that's no deal that's yeah. no deal absolutely so, and no deal is not. I mean, I can't, I can't believe we even still have to say this. There was polling done by Gina Miller that, what was it, 35% of the population still yeah. thinks no deal is continuing as we are. Let's not forget why. It, it, it's also because we are still being lied to on an industrial scale by people yes. who, want to, who, want to, who know what no deal means, but who want, want to. you to think it's something else. Yes. So people will use, they yet again have come up with some pretty little soundbite, now it's managed no deal, yeah. uh, with the idea that that is going to fool no managed no deal into thinking that it's not as bad as all that. So what they managed mean by managed in front no of a deal bus. is they mean yeah. deal. <laughs> Just a yeah, different absolutely. kind of deal to the one they've got. They mean it's not the, this deal, yeah, it's a the idea deal. they'll. Yeah, it's the idea, idea that they'll get the deal they want yeah. and that the afterwards... Yeah. Um, so, so the, the, the EU will come and offer them immediately, or, in a, or even in advance, uh, will offer them every, everything everything they want, um, but uh, but without any of the conditions and obligations attached to it. Yeah. So uh, which still obviously cake, isn't. absolutely isn't absolutely isn't going to happen. And and they're now saying, well, look, the EU is making preparations. The the EU is making preparations for no deal, but the EU's preparations for no deal don't involve the UK, mm-hmm. and they're not going to involve the UK either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really as uh, as simple as that. They'll be unilateral to protect the interests of the EU, yeah. and 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 nothing else. No account will be taken of what the UK wants or what is good for the UK in that, because mm. uh, the UK has to do that. And in fact, account with account of that was taken in the in the the withdrawal agreement, which mm. is be, which is apparently being rejected. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the no deal, and you can look at anything. I mean, there's some great stuff on this being done. You can look at the government's own assessments of it, um, Project Shit Your Pants, as it was called. Um, you, but also you can look at endless academic assessments of it, endless economic assessments of it. We are deep in the shit. I mean, the stockpiling is real. 
the potential for medicine shortages is real. People can die. I mean, people can so, die as a result of this. And the point now, going back to the beginning about the 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 ECJ case, I made this point a lot, but I'll make it again. Is that what the ECJ case means? I love, by the way, that Joanna Cherry is referring to it as the Scottish case, which has an air of Macbeth about it, which I really like. Um, what, but what the what the case means is that if no deal happens, it's because the government has decided to not intervene and to allow it to happen. It's decided that the that uh, it prefers the consequences of no deal, the catastrophe of no deal, the possible deaths of no deal, to. The political consequences of revoking or uh, asking for an extension. Uh, now, it's worth saying that there are um, serious people out there, John List, for example, um, who are absolutely clear in their minds that no deal is never going to happen. It's impossible. That she would never do it. That she'd never yeah. do it. That this is all pure posturing. Which, if you think about it, is is bad enough. Spending two million, two billion. Uh, quid. Uh, it's four, no, it's 4.2 has been set aside is it? By, the, anyway, by the Treasury. Yeah. We're talking about billions being spent purely for a piece of theatre to try and kid you into thinking that, yeah, yeah, this could be the no deal. It's basically the TARP scenario that we were talking about last week. This, yeah, the, absolutely. Um, uh, forcing, um, forcing MPs to think again and to back her deal because they're so scared of what will happen. Of course, there's a massive difference with TARP, which is that in the TARP scenario, um, you didn't have the option of revocation. <laughs> Yeah, you exactly, can simply yeah. revoke the banking crisis to pretend that it had never existed. Yeah. You had to deal with the banking crisis one way or the other, and that was the point that 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 was what allowed that tarp um, that 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 strategy to work. The strategy being, um, well, Congress, you've rejected my uh, package. Now look at what's happened to the economy. Uh, are you willing to be responsible for all those job losses and all that loss of people's pension funds? No, well, come back and pass it, and they did. So that that was what happened. Yeah. Um, that's not how it's. That, that, that's not. <coughs> Very the, much that's not. not the same no. at all as the, no. as the situation we're now looking at. Because if if you do get this um, sudden knock on the pound on the stock market um, immediately after a rejection of the withdrawal agreement. Um, there's a much simpler and quicker and easier way of addressing that, which is simply to revoke Article 50, and that would fix it all instantly. Certainly on the economic side. Um, I mean, insofar as you can fix the damage that's already been done. Um, yeah. But it would it would stop the it would staunch the the, the hemorrhage. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's a choice. It's a it's a choice and. We talked about, talked about it before, you know, you, you can't keep... There's no clean hands here. There's no thing, oh, well, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here and no deal happened. No, that is not that is not what happened. Uh, you, you looked at it and said, no, fuck it, we'll take it over, because I've said I will. Um, now, the question is, so, I mean, I can't believe we're down to this, but we are. As you said, um, John thinks that there's no way in the world you would do it, because a rational actor wouldn't. <coughs> um the question we're now down to the question is is the prime minister mm. a rational actor mm. and from what we've seen i'm i'm not convinced no, I'm not at convinced all she is i'm not convinced in the least and we've I think seen she's incredibly stubborn she i think she sees it as her only chance to uh stop freedom of movement yeah 
her own her only chance at a legacy that she she delivered. She's obsessed that she delivers Brexit, yeah. um, and she'll have and she'll have failed, you know. So, yeah. um, I I I worry very very deeply about this, and 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 Parliament has to find a way. I think actually the um, I think actually the key is going to be cabinet ministers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So this yeah. is what I was saying. So so yeah. so th- I think you're right. I think you're right. And the reason I think that you're right is that you're now seeing. Um, Tories in her government um, Dis- saying discussing people's that they will they, they will resign the whip yes. rather than allow no deal to go through, and they wouldn't be saying that if they didn't think that she was at least yeah. the, the threat. She wasn't at least sort of semi seriously making this threat. And there's room. There are rumours of cabinet ministers discussing yeah. referendums and how it would be, yeah. and they're looking at a no deal versus. I mean, the initial thing that seems to be coming out is that it. The idea would be a deal versus no deal referendum, but the question would be in the legislation. The question would have to get through the house, and I, mm-hmm. I think what we're—I'm very pleased to say—from uh, the Tories, but also from other uh, from from other p- members of parliament and other parties, we're seeing this realization that it would be a, that no deal would be a, the no deal would be a choice, mm-hmm. and that no deal is something that has to be avoided at all costs. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm actually very pleased them, about that. Yeah, are we seeing it from enough of them there? No, but I think these things spread, mm. and I think yeah. if it's spreading to cabinet ministers, I actually think the cabinet because she's in the position now where if five or six senior cabinet ministers, uh, she can't fire five cabinet ministers. She can't have a light night, night of the long knives. Mm. It just can't happen. She can't. She can't, can't weather that. that no. She can't afford that. They aren't, and she's running out of replacements. Mm. Genuinely, yeah. um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily that the, the, they're going to vote against against her in cabinet. It's more they're going to convince her that this is not uh, this is not the legacy that she wants to have. She doesn't want to have the legacy of the person who took the UK over the cliff edge mm. uh, to to prove a point. Now the question is whether that's going to be whether that's going to be strong enough and whether the action is going to be quick enough after that. Mm. You know, so. But yeah, I'm not convinced. I I don't subscribe to the she'll never do it theory at all. I mean, no. there's, there's, there are a hundred things along the way we could have said she'd never, well, that we have yeah. said she'd never do, and she's and done she it. And she said so. that she wouldn't do, and she's done them. So, yeah. and she's double. I mean, she's doubling down on this. Yeah, That's the is. worry is that she's 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 doubling down on it. That's the point. She's doubling down on it to such a degree, and also doubling down on the rejection of a referendum uh, to such a degree that I I do see her as the principal obstacle now to to any kind of resolution. Um, she, she seems well, I mean, to be... I think, I think, I think the point that she went, she went of all the issues with the withdrawal agreement, the one she picked, the one she picked up was the ERG's problem. Yeah, was the backstop. Yeah. You know, uh, there are other there are other big issues that she that she could have that she could have gone back with. Who, they, they keep they keep losing. They keep being shown up for the minor irritation that they ought to be that they are in theory on paper but in practice they are still driving the entire process yeah absolutely it's, it's incredibly about... frustrating absolutely. absolutely it's like it's like tim martin <coughs> being the guy who's constantly popping up on tv news to talk about business when i mean who is this who is this moron what is what are his qualifications how many other business people out there are there who could be speaking about this with so much more authority? 
Sorry, this is a bit but, of a tangent, but it's the same. But constant well, he's the only he's the only one who sports leave they can find. That's why. I mean, Dyson, but you know, it's it's incredibly frustrating that that yeah. that, that it's it's the climate change thing. It, it, they're constantly hearing from these people on the fringes, and it gives them authority. It gives them a voice. It gives them platform. It makes them appear more legitimate than they need to be, and it, it moves the Overton window in their direction. And it's really frustrating. And we have to say, I mean, it is vicious what they're proposing. They're, uh, they know that what they're saying is no deal, and it is vicious. It is yes, a vicious act die. of vandalism. Yeah, it is a vicious act of, 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 of vandalism. People will die. And also, I mean, it's a vicious act of vandalism on the international system as well. Yes. I mean, no deal leaves, with, leaves uh, no settling of debt, uh, no security cooperation. I mean, this is an, this is an, uh, this is an all-out attack on rules-based system and, cooper- and international cooperation. This is going. This is going. No deal is go- choosing to go. No deal is going rogue. In yes, my view, it is. This is a bel- This is a. This is a Belarusian move or yes. an Azeri move, not a. Well, I mean, it, yes, even that. Um, even that. I mean, it's even. I mean, even the Belarusians and the Azeris wouldn't. You can't put them into that category. Uh, then this is the North Korean move. Oh no! I think when uh, when Lukashenko went to went to Putin and said that the. The Russia-Belarus union had to be a union of equals. I think he was doing something much. But he's still talking about a union, and he still <laughs> he they still, still have a relationship true. with with that's an true. energy relationship. They're not they're not they weren't walking away from the the Belarus-Russia energy relationship. Yeah. However much you know, and this would be this would be walking away from all of that. This would be. But how? But how how have we got to this position? How have how can we be in this position where bullshit rules and exceptionalism is assumed? Um, to be true. Well, did you um, read? Did you read um, the Bagaho or Bajho or I can't remember how to pronounce it. Bagehot um, column in the Economist. I, I know. I mean, I'm aware of it. I haven't read. Read, read it. This, 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 this. Uh, I tweeted it this morning. Uh, it, it was being circulated a lot today on Twitter. It's, it's uh, exceptionally good, but very depressing. And, and what it, it, it it's main. Th- thrust that is that it, it's really about um, international um, bemusement at what's happening in the UK. They've gone from um, being really interested and big fans of, of, of the British Anglophilia to a kind of like, what the hell is going on? And it's saying well, that change in attitude um, is very sad, but it, it, it's probably a reckoning. It, it's probably a, an adjustment yeah. towards the reality, and and there's yeah. some really very very tough um, messages in the column for, um, for, for 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 system for deep systematic failings in in in, in Britain that are now being revealed. Is that Brexit is revealing fundamental weaknesses yeah. that that have been there all along, and we have been ignoring and pretending yeah. aren't there and, get, and getting away with it, and getting away with. Because yeah. we've been, you know, we've been able to, but you know, the, the, the fundamental problems in the way in which we select our uh, leaders, uh, our politicians, um, uh, fundamental problems in our education system, various yeah. things like that, and these, this is all those chicken, all those chickens are now coming home to roost. So, if you ask, how did we get to this point? Uh, and I mean, another question might be, well, how how did we manage to carry on for so long without getting to this point? And not and not realize actually not have an earlier realization, 
but we all, but it's it's exceptionalism again it's always exceptionalism um yeah. and i mean i grew we're not immune to this i grew i mean i grew up with this of course, you know i grew too, up yeah. I, you know when I, when I studied did politics a level in what 90 93 94 95 um you know, the British Constitution was a marvelous thing because it was yeah. flexible and it relied on it relied on values of trust and fair play and the conventions were safe because everybody followed them and so on and so forth. We believed our own hype, you know. We absolutely we, we, we are this pragmatic Rolls Royce of a. I mean, I do read the. I mean, I, I wish I could, I could. I could just sit here and read it out, Tusk like. You know, I mean, it's a fantastic. Oh, we'll column. put it in the note. We'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. It's really worth a read. You know, it, it, yeah. all those classic, classic lines about how initially Brussels thought that the incompetence being displayed. Oh, by that British article. Yes, I did read that article. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that was the headline, wasn't it? Yeah. That they thought yeah. it was a. They thought it was a trick. Yeah, they're it must be a trick. Because I mean, shit. we know the British are yeah. too good for this. They're, we, we, they're, they're, yeah. It's a cunning plan. It turns out we just weren't. Yeah, it doesn't help. I have to say that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure me or Ivan, Ivan Rogers, another one who did an amazing yeah. piece this week. I, I mean, Ivan Rogers could put together a negotiation <laughs> team just from the people who've left government yeah. Yeah. in the last three years. Yeah. Uh, that would be that would be a superb team. Yeah. You know. Um, and if you you know I've always I've defended the civil service all along in this, but David Hennig brought up the other day. You should always listen to David Hennig, I think. Mm. Um, David Hennig brought up the other day that there's just no way the summit could have happened with good adv- if if the advice mm. had been good exactly. and the intelligence had been good, exactly. you know. And actually, you know this. Well, we've talked about how the civil service has been moving, and I mean, Ollie Robbins came effectively came with his patron from mm. the previous department. You know, mm. he was handpicked, and this is why politicians don't pick their civil servants. Yeah, it, right there, yeah. Um, in the civil servants have to be able to say anything. Yeah. To, they have to be able to yeah. say the truth. To they yeah. have to be able to speak truth to power, and that's yeah. what Ivan. That's what Ivan put in his letter yeah. when he resigned. Yeah. Muddled thinking and failure to speak truth to power. Yeah. And that, that that is clearly what's what's gone on here. Yeah. But we see it. On, but we see it on all. I mean, we see this exceptionalism on all sides. We had Blair trotted out again. Well, I mean, every exactly. time, every every time Blair that. wrote, every time, every my view in Brussels. You, I mean, I think you'll know better being in the institutions. But my view in Brussels is that every time Blair speaks, uh, the sympathy for the UK is 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 reduced further. <laughs> Well, people um, think that there's this sort of again this this comfortable little myth, at her, um, which is that well we know that Tony Blair is really unpopular in the UK, you know for you know all these reasons, but he's widely respected uh, in Europe and he's a fantastic advocate for us in the EU and and therefore you know it's good that we make use of him as 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 a as a go between. And I'm thinking you know, no, oh, I could be more <laughs> wrong. I'm afraid. No, Sorry. I, I don't think so. Not anymore. I mean the people really. the people who the people who had a rapport with apart from Merkel. Have all gone now. Yeah. I mean, the personnel have all changed, so they've gone. Yeah. So there's none of that left. Um, and you remember the speech that he made? Uh, well, was it six months or or nine months ago? Certainly before the summer in Brussels. You know, there's this big sudden event. It was yeah. only you know yes. people only knew about it. The yeah, day yeah, before. and I know a few people who went to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, the apparently the atmosphere in the room was of just you know just 
downcast despair that he would come to Brussels and it and Britsplain why they need to why they yeah. need to offer a new deal on freedom of well, movement. Now this is the key. It, this is which the of, key. Which is exactly what he's done again. This is the key. So it's not so much that the, the, the Tony Blair and his personality, though. I mean, I think that you know people shouldn't over, over oversell it. Well, I think, well, I think, well, I think, I think, I think domestically, it's it's disastrous to have him at the front of a campaign yeah. domestically, right? But because the, he's just toxic to too many people, no matter what you think of him. I mean, yeah, it's just a fact yeah. that he is. So. But in Brussels, the key thing here is what he's saying is the content of what he's saying, and he's still mm-hmm. locked into this Romanian reform uh, groove, which just—I mean, it's effectively the Cameron thing again. It just—it's <laughs> been Yet so again. exploded. It, 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 the UK always pushed this further than was reasonable or realistic. Yeah. Um, but f- the the notion that at this point, after all that's happened, that anybody can come from London and start preaching in Brussels about their need to reform to entice the British back in. Exactly. It's it's not even their need to reform. It's their need to reform to make an offer to yes. the UK. Look, they've made offers to the UK. There was a Cameron offer, firstly, uh, which was rejected. And then they've offered everything in, in negotiations. And still, I mean, I have to say at the summit, still leaders were saying the UK would be welcome to return. And some, like uh, the, the Luxembourg Prime Minister... Uh, was saying if you yes if you have a referendum and vote to stay we'd be we'd be very happy to have you back and several uh, three or four said an extent you know an extension would be available under certain circumstances and so on so you know they're still saying they're still okay saying look it. guys the balls the balls in your court this is still here if you wanted you yeah, can still have, really you can stop, still have this stop. if you wanted but it's this that you get yeah. you get you you get the you get the you get the fixed menu you you don't stop get to renegotiate you your entry, your re-entry e- here. Yeah, stop asking the EU to reinvent itself and to delete its most fundamental principles, freedom of movement. Which, just which for the incidentally, sake of trying to bring you buggers back in. Which incidentally, I mean, you can look at the Eurobarometer surveys on this. Freedom of movement is seen as one of the biggest benefits of EU membership by EU populations, yes. and there isn't a single EU member state that has less than fifty percent approval for freedom of movement. Yeah. Even ones that do have uh, seriously, uh, seriously negative attitudes yeah. towards immigration, because people simply don't consider, even in those countries, people well, don't consider freedom of movement yeah. to be that. As as you know, Steve, freedom of movement has been the primary, the principal carrot dangled in front of uh, neighbours, uh, Ukraine and Moldova, Belarus. Yes, yeah. uh, well, not Belarus, because <laughs> I mean they're, they're not in the. But this is the, well, the well, one... it is dang, it is dangled there if they wanted eventually. Yeah, actually. that's the point. Yeah, you know, is, we yeah. know what works in terms of incentivising our partners to sign up to quite challenging um, plans for reform. Yeah, what works is offering them freedom of movement or access to to our mobility uh, to our space, giving their citizens. So the... Yeah, so the so the idea, the idea that you can sell remain, or sell a people's vote and then sell remain, on the basis of this offer, the, uh, an offer from the EU that is never going to come, yeah. and is never going to be agreed to, whatever happens, yeah. it's not happening. It is not going to happen. They're not going to place limitations on some on freedom of movement on something that they consider to be a primary public good. So yet, of, yet of, the, of the whole project. So to go out and sell this, to 
go out and try and sell Remain on this basis is dishonest. Firstly, it's utterly dishonest. Mm. Also, I think there's also I think there's the point that attacking freedom of movement or apologising for freedom of movement is also apologising for EU citizens in the UK who've exercised their right to freedom of movement, yeah. uh, which I think is, a, is is atrocious to do that as well. Yeah. So again, it's playing into yes, they're the problem, yeah. but we can limit it and we can put conditions on it. But yes, yeah. fundamentally, you're right. Foreigners being here is the problem. That's basically what it's saying. Yeah. And we 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 can't have that because it's 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 immoral and it's dishonest. But it's also it, it's also a losing strategy. It's not even a winning strategy. This isn't about being squeaky clean and wanting moral purity either. Mm. It's a strategy that will lose because it lost last time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Listen. Um. So we have to get rid of the exceptionalism on all sides. Yes, That's please. That would be That's that would be awesome, and um, that would be a very good thing for the UK. Um, and the big question is, can the UK ditch its exceptionalism <laughs> in time and uh, yeah. in such a way as to make this um, all go away and uh, that's where I'm a little bit sceptical but well you know it's got to one way or the other yes, it's either going to ditch it voluntarily or it's going to be not it's going to have it not not out of it so. I have to say I mean I don't rule out the idea of a sort of there's a lot of discussion about whether parliament could or should revoke our, I mean well no it could um, but whether Parliament or the government should uh, revoke Article 50 uh, without a referendum. And Phil, Phil Surtis, for example, who's very smart, a uh, professor of uh, EU... Is it, I can't remember if it's EU, EU studies or whether it's EU law. But, I think it's law. Uh, he's very, it's law. I mean, okay. he's very good. Well, there's a lot of discussion about this at the moment. Mm. And, I mean, my view is that as a matter of policy, you probably shouldn't because we're in a situation mm. caused by a referendum, and um, I think there's a question of basic trust and consent in mm. the in in the system, and also the accusation that it's politicians, you know, that the politicians are ignoring the people, would then would then have something in it. Whereas you can't argue the politicians are ignoring the people when they're asking the people. So I think there's there's something in that, but I think in case of force majeure, although it's not force majeure because it's been uh, because we've caused it ourselves, of course. But in case of emergency, I can imagine a revoc- an emergency revocation of Article 50. Mm. You know, you get to the 15th of March and nothing's happened. Uh, I can imagine a, an emergency revocation of Article 50, but I think it would be a much better way out to do it with a uh, something that's seen as more legitimate, I have to say. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, what should we do live the week? Lie of the week, yes. You have to send me the uh, the you have to send me the um, audio file for that so that I can put in. It's the, all right, I can do. It's all right, I can do for you. Judas, dun, 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 dun. I don't believe you. You're a liar. <laughs> a play f- liar. Play it fucking loud. Okay, lie of the week. Oh, is that what he says? Play, play fucking, fucking loud. loud. He turns around to the band and liar. says, "No." He turns around to the band and says, "Play fucking loud." There you go. See, <laughs> see, I don't get it. I also need you at some point to do to tell me the lyrics of the intro music um, because I can never quite work out what he's saying. Oh yeah, no, I don't really know either. <laughs> it's, it's going up the wrong way. We're going to have to stop. That's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you probably the, call that's that the key bit. bit. Though. That's the key. That's bit. the key bit. Yeah. <laughs> point to note. Yeah. Um, also, I should say it's very nice of Bai to give us that. Uh, Royalty free as well. It certainly it's is very, very kind of. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, I've, I've 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 actually now bought it, so there you go. You got at least one sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Lies of the week. We have some... Oh, we've got lots of lies. We already talked about um, Theresa May telling the 1922 committee that there is a legally, bl- legally blinding... Not blinding. Legally binding solution coming to the backstop. We don't need to elaborate on that. We know that. I'd like to. Add, I'd like to add at that point, trying to convince the House of Commons that uh, European Council conclusions are legally binding as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd put that on yeah. there as well. Yeah. Uh, good old Liam Fox. He came up with an absolute cracker this week. You can always rely on him for a classic lie. Um, the EU <laughs> doesn't have a great track record on getting trade liberalisation. <laughs> This has been the week that he's the, 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 the week that, that the we Parliament s- signed off on the EU Japan agreement, yeah, yeah. which he then claimed that he then tweeted <gasps> with a picture this of him sh- shaking the hand of um, Prime Minister Abe and making out that somehow this was a Liam Fox deal. <laughs> no, this is incredible. This is really amazing. He said, uh, you know, that uh, he's very pleased. He's very he's very pleased, and it's a great basis for uh, future UK trade. And that this agreement is potentially worth three point two billion to the UK in the long run. What do you mean the long run? We're leaving the yeah. fucking EU. The next three, it's next, not going to exist three in the long run. <laughs> yeah. He genuinely believes the cut and paste. He yeah. really believes yeah, he the does. cut he and paste. Really does, thing, yeah. He thinks that we can take that as the basis and then sort of add a few bells and whistles, and that everybody's <laughs> going to be happy with that, and that Japan will do that. And no, no, I mean he's he's he's, he's very uh, very right. much he's very high on the Kool Aid. So, um, yeah, yeah, the EU literally does have a great track record on getting trade liberalisation. Literally. It has I mean, a phen- the, the phenomenal best track record. Trade, yeah, the best tra- in the world record. by far. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> oh, Liam. <laughs> yeah, it's by far, by, far the be- by far the best. I mean, total liberalisation of uh, uh, trade with uh, less developed countries, for example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not to mention so total liberalisation trade total within the EU. Access, yeah. <laughs> and then trade, yeah, then trade between five hundred million people. Yeah, uh, and then uh, how many F- how many FTOs is that now? Is that what it's in, in the fifties, oh, isn't it? There's lots. Plus yeah. another six or seven hundred uh, bilateral agreements. Well, as, as, as I, I never tire of banging on about, it is by far and away the world's leading uh, free trade power. I mean, trade liberaliser. You know, there, there are there are smaller countries, smaller economies that have um, a niche record in pushing in, in pushing the envelope on on trade liberalisation. Yeah. Singapore, for example, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, New Zealand. But, but when it comes to um, <laughs> when it comes to a, a large economic blocks pushing trade liberalisation, I mean, the EU's the EU's the one that's doing it. And so for Liam Fox to say that, well, let's let's. <laughs> Just men- mentioning New Zealand, there was a great tweet about New Zealand. Now, who was it from? Well, find it and we'll put it, and we'll we'll put it in the notes to so the person gets credit. But who was it who said it? That uh, a Brexiter had had posted an article about lessons that can be learned from Brexit from New Zealand for Brexit, uh, and he retweeted this with, "Well, they've told us repeatedly not to fucking do it." <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't was remember that one. Oh, hang on! We've no, we've missed. We, I know you've got more lies of the week. Sorry, I'm. I'm yeah, I've got ahead. two more, two more. Because we've got tweet, we've got tweet of the week, a tweet of the year. I yeah, think. yeah, Brexit yeah. Tweet yeah. Of but the let's year come to, come to that. So. Let's come to that. We'll come to that. So, um, you're going to really like this next lie, Penny mm-hmm. Penny Mordant. Oh yes, good. Her Pen- of the tu- her of the turkey lie. Oh, repeated turkey lying. She she she's about a, turkey joining. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So now Penny Mordant demands that the prime minister open. Okay, get this. No deal Brexit talks. <laughs> what well, n- negotiations yeah. on a deal, a deal in the event of no deal? Yeah. 
No deal Brexit talks with the EU now for a managed glide path transition to glide WTO. Managed glide path. Yeah, a transition <laughs> that would be in a deal that we should negotiate as not being a deal. I mean, it, it, the, the stupid is so pervasive, but it, it gets does even better. Does nobody ask any? Does nobody ask somebody before they say these things or write them down? You're going to love this, Steve. I, Get, wait for it. <laughs> There's more. There's, there's more to this because I'd you're going to love bit. this bit. More. So, her grand idea here is that Diffid can help <laughs> because <laughs> Diffid has lots of crisis management experience. <laughs> so, oh, so the humanitarian aid department yeah, of Diffid yeah, is going to yeah. is going to go to Walsall yeah. to deal with empty supermarkets. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking a man! What a world we Diffid live in. Diffid that always outsources its work to Echo anyway. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely. <laughs> but Diffid, I mean, the the British <laughs> Department for International Development can help out with No Deal Brexit talks because they have experience <laughs> oh, in humanitarian crisis. I should say, I should, I should say, the reason Chris is laughing so much is that I used to work for Diffid yeah. as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely oh unbelievable! Oh. oh, that's a new that's a new it's low. A new low, isn't it? That's really a new <laughs> low. I mean, quite aside from the fact that David would be forbidden from doing it by the International Development Act, so we'd need legislation to allow it. Well, quite apart from that, the quite idea, apart, yeah, quite apart from the fact it would be illegal under existing legislation. Jeez. Oh, okay. oh dear God! You can Shit. imagine, you know. So I've got one. I've got lives. Oh yeah. Week. Well, it's the spin of the... So it seems that the, the, the government has got legal advice. Which is good. I mean, to be honest, it's good that they've started getting legal advice. That's a start, isn't it? <laughs> um, but it seems that the government's got legal advice on extensions to Article 50 for a referendum. And their legal advice has been that it would be apparently... Or they're spinning it, at least, that it would be impossible to uh, extend past the Europe the European Parliament elections, that there's a hard legal block oh, yeah. to doing that. Mm. Um, and this is... Untru- it's interesting that the government has just got legal advice because legal and EU bubble Twitter has been discussing this for about a year already. Mm. Uh, and uh, my conclusion to it, and I think quite a lot of others conclude, I did a thread on this, there, can, there, there, there is a council regulation saying what happens if the UK is still in the EU. And it's that it, it it has to arrange uh, it has to arrange yeah. elections, yeah. and that British MEPs would 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 be sent to would be yeah. sent to Brussels as normal because and for the simple reason that the UK would still be a member of the EU, and yeah. if you're a member of the EU, you have MEPs and yeah. actually a commissioner. Yeah. Um, so there's very good reason. And everyone's saying, "Oh, it's impossible! It's impossible!" Now it's not wanted by lots of people. Mm. And yes, it potentially mars a kind of showcase year of renewal for the EU, um, in which it, you know, is, is a year of new mandate, a new commission, and a new, new European Parliament term. But if you're a member of the EU, you get members of the European Parliament. Uh, it's in the treaties, yeah. um, and specific provision was made in in, uh, in a in a regulation for a council regulation for this. So. This is this is simply not the case. I, I don't understand what the fuss is. And uh, John Worth's done a very good blog post on this, saying that it's uh, you know it's politi- it's a political issue, not a legal yeah, issue. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. Um, so I want to get that out there that, that this is this is bollocks. And it, okay. it's cl- 
But it's interesting that the government is leaking this, because the reason the government's leaking this is that the government's line that it's undemocratic to have another referendum mm. is clearly failing, mm. because it has to fail under the weight of its own bullshit, because it's so clearly not true. Well, um, that brings so... us to the final and clear oh, winner of Live of the Week, which is... Oh, that was a good segue, yeah. considering I don't know what this one is. Well, um, the, the unparalleled Live of the Week this week is that a people's vote would break faith with Britons. Ah. Oh, this is really amazing. And it's it's just been spun as this. I mean, the idea the idea is that people are being people would be being ignored. You know, we spoke and we've been ignored. Ignored. Pull the fucking other one. The entire apparatus of the British state has been the UK state has been devoted to virtually nothing but this mm. for the last 2 years. Companies have spent hundreds of millions on contingency planning for it and on on, re, on de- developing new plans for what for what might happen. I mean, the, the police and local health authorities and individual hospitals and uh, the custom service, the the custom service and uh, the borders borders of every department, almost every department mm. in in the UK. Speaking of Difford, Difford have had to work out what they do with the the. Uh, uh, with the UK membership of uh, UK being part of the Continental Agreement, mm. I mean, look, almost every department has in in government has something. We've set up two new departments as a result of it. Mm. We're spending billions on it. We've recruited thousands and thousands of people. You're telling me it's been ignored? It hasn't been. Mm. It has been the one thing it has that vote has not been is ignored, and the idea that you're you're not trusting the people by going back to them and saying, "What do you think? Still up for it?" Now that we've got a rough mm. idea of what it might be like, I mean, this is absolute no, but bullshit. It's, it's transparently nonsensical, isn't it? Um, you, you, no, but people, but, but people, but people believe it because they're told it. People are being told. People are being deliberately riled up yeah. that you're being ignored by this. Well, I heard. In um, what way are you being ignored? You're getting a vote. So I heard. Um, I heard. Do you know Dead Ringers on um, oh, on oh. on Radio Four? Um, yeah. Which is pretty funny, and they they did a, a a little skit on last Friday's episode where they basically ran with this idea that um, that people are being patronised by being asked to vote again, um, and I, I find that it, I find that hard to laugh at. That that may be quite cross. Yeah, I I really but, uh, don't see it. But the idea that pe- I mean, is having another election patronising people. Yeah. Do we give up elections because asking them again yeah. is a is a bad idea? I mean, come on, we've got to fucking grow up about this stuff, eh? Yeah. We're in a we're in an impossible situation, with a dread a dreadful a bad, and a much less bad but still not ideal situation of remaining. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, it's not like this wipes out the last two years, and it shouldn't wipe out the last two years mm. actually, because last two years, like you said about uh, the the deep issues in our in our body politic mm. it's also shown up the deep issues in our in our society as well and yeah. there shouldn't be any idea that we're returning to blissful uh pre pre-referendum times people were using food banks then and fucking angry yeah. about it but to whip up, to whip up people into a frenzy yeah. that being asked for their views yeah. is patronizing yeah. i i really think it's dis- I, I think it's disgusting i think it's a disgusting misuse of the it's an abuse of the population yeah, i really it it's is. an abuse it really is yeah. it really is an, uh, it really is an abuse and it it's we've talked about gaslighting before mm. and 
I really feel that there's a it's becoming an abusive relationship between between the government and and the population. <laughs> I really I really do feel it's well, becoming it has, an abusive has, relationship. I think it has been for a very long time actually, but yeah. <clears throat> but I think the parallels of of abusive relationships have be, uh, have become, you know. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, saying, look, I know better. Look, I know better. Look, you said you wanted this. Yeah. You said you wanted this, and now you're saying you don't. Yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, this is this is atrocious. Okay. Yeah. Well, Steve, I so agree with few, you. But we've got um, we've got a couple of positive ones, haven't we? We got. I've got uh, one. The positive. tweet of well, the tweet the tweet of the tweet of the century. Tweet of the century. When it comes to Brexit. So listen. So I want to talk, I want to talk about this. I want to introduce this. So so this is um. So look, I love a, everybody loves a good Twitter own. Everybody yeah. loves it where and, and and we've had a few. I've 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 had a few. I I used to be um, a moderator on a video games website. <laughs> and about of course you were. 10, 10 to fifteen years ago. It's quite a long time ago now. But there it was while there was some very um, there was some serious riots going on in France, and um, there was a debate on this video game forum about France and um, there was one kid um, who started going on about um, how it was all the EU's fault. And this is many years before um, Brexit. And I, I, I came in and, and, and made a, a comment about, well, actually, you know, the EU has been spending a lot of money in, the, in these... Um, in these in these places right, under its um, regional funds, the the objected yep. to you know, and yeah. the guy <laughs> came back and said, um, said, well, what do you know about the budget? No, you don't know anything, do you? And nor do I. <laughs> Which then, and then of course, most of the other people there knew exactly how much I knew. So then it allowed me to come back in with the uh, well, actually, you know. <laughs> no, and I mean, I've always, I've, I've for many years, I, I have sort of like thought back on that fondly as a moment where I very smugly um, owned this, this this poor young guy who had no idea that the video game moderator happened also to work for the EU. Anyway, how would he know that? Anyway, um, but that's this a is totally outclassed by this. But, they, but they, yeah, I mean, totally this is a different order of magnitude. Ne- never in my entire puff have I witnessed such an incredibly massive piece of ownage. Um, so we should, we should say who... Who, who did it yes. and give a bit of background because people won't know. Yeah. So Jean-Claude Jean Pires, who we've mentioned often on this podcast, who is the former head of the council's legal service and now... He's the kind of hero of mine, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I he's really, a very I impressive really... man. I mean, um, he, he, he's now very active on Twitter, on Brexit Twitter, uh, working in not his native language, uh, challenging um, misconceptions and providing clarification, and he got quite agitated. Now have, a, have, a, have a look at hang on, but, but have a look at his CV, uh, even just his Wikipedia entry, yeah. uh, which is which in French. Um, but even I could, could clean his CV from this. So he was he was head of the council legal service. So the prince, the 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 chief legal officer of the EU Council uh, for was twenty. 20 or 24 years? Uh, 20? I'm not sure. Um, and he was uh, the uh, one of the drafters of. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. So, treat, so of, of treat, but no, 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 but of many, of, sev- of several treaties, and was the principal legal advisor for for several and for intergovernmental conferences and and so on. I know this is. John Claude is is the the chief EU law. I mean, yeah. if you're going to ask anybody about EU law, 
you go and ask John Claude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and it's one and I have to say it's wonderful that he's on Twitter yeah, and he fantastic. answers questions about it and. I mean, I think it's really, yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful that he's so, doing uh, this in his retirement. So anyway, so so he, so he um, had been challenging um, some people. I mean, for example, there had been some criticism uh, coming from somebody states, saying that oh, um, if we were to uh, revoke Article Fifty, we would just end up back in the EU, and, and we all know what that means. It's inevitable drift towards an EU superstate. And he said, no, no, that's not what it means because that's actually. Uh, there's actually no support for that from EU member states or from the EU population. So no, that's that's not where we're going. To which, <laughs> to which some bright spark genius said, "What do you know? Have you read the Lisbon Treaty?" <laughs> Prompting the tweet of the century. <laughs> I have written a good part, and Cambridge University Press published a book by me. The Lisbon Treaty: A Legal and Political Analysis. <laughs> in other words, and this this is this is him being quite modest, and and and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, it's not absolutely. in his first language. What he's saying here is, uh, have you read the Lisbon Treaty? I wrote it. I fucking wrote it, and I fucking wrote the book on it. <laughs> it's just such a classic Twitter moment. It is so tw- that's so, that's just Twitter absolute and Brexit. And Brexit absolutely oh, summed up. What the fuck would you know, know about it? Who oh, the fuck are you? It's just great. And the replies, <laughs> and you know, and just the way in which this has been celebrated by, I mean, it's, just, it's what masterful. I mean, it's a wonderful piece of, you know, and he doesn't do it to, to I mean, no, just, no, 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 to no, be no. like, <laughs> don't you know who I am? No, he says, listen, um, yeah, I do. I, I have read it because I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote a book about it. And you should read this book because it explains exactly why I am correct in saying that it put an end to a European federal state. But then in the next tweet, he replies to his own tweet with a link to the book on Amazon. Yeah. You know, it's really, I mean, that's really what he's like. He's saying, yeah. if you want to read the book, it's here, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's saying, you know, it might be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's being... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he got a bit of flack. Some people said that, you know, you're breaking the rule of, of, of quote tweeting a, a low follower account. Yeah. You know, but I think you've got. I think when you have the CV, when you when you wrote part of the Lisbon Treaty, yeah. and when you wrote a definitive no, I, I, book I, I, on the Lisbon Treaty, we'll, we'll I, I think you can. Yeah, I think you can. I mean, as it says, like as it says, who he is in his bio. You know, you can look at his bio and yeah. and and see that you probably shouldn't say that. To, you know. Anyway, so I mean, that was that that was a, a thing of pure beauty that gave me great pleasure today. And, it was that um, that actually cheered me up a little yeah. bit. Another tweet, another brilliant tweet, which we should. Uh, which I wanted to just mention as a as a as a, a bit of a cheer upper in a in a horrible horrible week of utter incompetence and our country being laid low by uh by, by appalling incompetent liars. Uh, someone did a, a which we'll put the link to. Somebody did an absolutely brilliant uh, uh, Dickensian oh, thread yeah. on. Uh, uh, on on Brexit, sort of using using John Dice versus John Dice in um, oh Christ, which one is it? Nutley House. Uh, oh God, I don't know my Dickens well enough. No uh, but you know, there's this famous case of John Dice versus John Dice where it was over a uh, over a legacy, and the case went on across generations mm. until nobody could remember how it had started and so on, and all it did was uh, eat up all of the the entire legacy was eaten up in legal fees until it was over. The case was over when the lawyers ran out of money t- from, from the from the estate to use. But no, it has been used for this has been used as a sort of Dickensian tale for, for Brexit, you know, it's twenty fifty. Mm. 
and yeah. the arguments continue in the House of Commons. Yeah. Uh, and nobody can remember what they're about. And But it's just really beautifully done. I mean, lots of it's direct quotes from Dickens, just with uh, small adaptions. I missed this. Who, who did this? Um, I, I, I haven't got it up at the moment, and it's somebody I'm... Somebody I know a little bit, but I can't remember exactly who at the moment. But we'll put a link okay. to it on the. Uh, but I just want to give a shout out for a bit of brilliance there that, okay. that cheered me up, cheered me up no end. So cool. Well, there's our unicorn kicker at the end. Though. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, well, we should we should end there because we have been yep. going on for nearly two hours and. Uh, uh, so yeah, big bumper Christmas episode, and we're going to take a break over the yeah uh, over the Christmas period. Yeah. Uh, Unless any lunacy happens, which I mean, it probably. Will, <laughs> I mean, we'll both be back. Was it the first, first week of first, first week of January? Of January I think, yeah. So Before that's when we should aim to do this again. Um, yeah, absolutely. But in the meantime, we don't have actual plans to record um, during the week between Christmas and New Year, do we? So. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, definitely don't. I've got plans to drink and eat too much and I'll lie on a sofa. So, <laughs> uh, but great. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, hang in there. What I mean, however grim we always are, again, I mean, I've said this before, but cabinet ministers are talking about about referendums. Yeah, uh, MPs are talking about referendums as if it's the most normal thing in the world. And hun- and 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 it seems that well over a hundred are now support- MPs are now supporting it. With I think more, to- with I think a lot more to come. So, you know, we should remember, through all of this, we should remember where we are. That Mm -hmm. I know everybody's scared about no deal. No deal would be a decision. Mm -hmm. So so there's ways to attempt to head that off. Um, And the deal isn't going to go through. That's simply not going to happen. Um, You know, and it's looking like, uh, it's looking like the alternative of a, a final say referendum is, is opening out as a, as a route to take here. So, you know, people should... You know, so there's lots of there's lots and lots of uncertainty, um, and it's understandable that people are very worried about this, particularly for the three million EU citizens in the UK, and also for for uh, UK citizens in the in the EU. But, um, but we're doing, we're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer all the time, to uh, to avoiding this appalling calamity. You know, so we have to remain positive, and also remember that, remember. <laughs> that stuff happens at the end you know the pace of events accelerates people change their mind more quickly and more people change their mind and this is what we have to, we have to, we have to stay positive about this however grim yeah. the 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 news looks so on that note that's a positive happy note christmas, to end. so happy christmas yeah, yeah. So have a, have a christmas. 2019 is the year we beat brexit we yeah. beat trump we beat orban and everything's fixed so um, well we can at least start trying to put it back together again yeah all right. Good night. Okay. Good night, everybody. Bye. Going up the wrong way. We're going to have to stop. The creamy soft, a secret wash. They can't expose them all. Going up the wrong way. We're going to have to stop. A seaweed soft, a natural loss. They can't protect.